Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Dodgers. We believe a Dodgers fan podcast where we're just a couple of people who really, really know what we're talking about. We're pretty much the experts. Yeah, I mean, we should really take over for Oral and Joe because we've got this down. Frankly, they're great <laughs> broadcasters. I don't know if they could ever do a podcast like this. Exactly. I mean... So, Josie. Ex- yeah? Dodgers. Dodgers. Back in first. Back in first. I mean, tied for first. Tied for first. But, I mean, after this game, by the time anyone even listens to this podcast, hopefully back in first. Right now, as we're recording, the Dodgers are in game three of a third game series against the Diamondbacks. We bottom of the sixth, up by one. Sixth, yeah, up by one. And if they win today, they will have first place all to themselves. Be great. Bueller started today, pitching a great game. Fantastic. He's also hitting a great game. Doesn't he have two of our hits today? He yeah. broke the no-hitter. He, he stopped a no-hitter. Um, it was a great hit, a hit up the first baseline, barely cleared first base, um, and then he did an almost identical hit um, his next at-bat, and that one went further, but he's just so slow. Yeah, he barely made it. absolutely fantastic. I mean, the Dodgers have four hits at this point, and two of them are from Walker Bueller, and he's only allowed one hit today. Josie, you, you know too much, but... That's not what we're here to start talking about. We're here to start talking about their road to the playoffs, the strength of schedule that they've got ahead of them, how they're going to reach the playoffs. And, you know, I would say that their real playoff run begins today. Begins today? Yeah, I mean, think about it. Our strength of schedule over the next, what, month of the regular season? There's about a month left, yeah. The Diamondbacks are definitely the toughest team that we're going to face over that period of time. Is that true? Yeah, think about it. The teams that we have left... The Mets, the Rockies, the Reds, I guess the Cardinals are pretty difficult. The Padres, the Diamondbacks, and the Giants. Okay, so I guess out of those teams, the Diamondbacks are the toughest team, at least based on their record that we'll see. And in my opinion, out of those teams are the toughest team we'll face. Although, as history has shown us, especially recent history, it doesn't really matter what's happening with records for either of our teams. When we're facing the Giants, they're always just a tough tough opponent and it's because of that rivalry and what's really difficult about this year is that the Giants are the last team that we're playing in the regular season so if it's still close in the division and we face the Giants we could not take the division because of the Giants alone god they're like they're like milk that's just sitting out they're just always wanting to spoil it for us that's true and I mean we have the Diamondback series right before the Giants series so we're going to have back-to-back very tough series to end this season as Dodger fans, we've been spoiled the last several years. The The Dodgers have won, I think, five the division five years in a row, unprecedented in the NL West, and um, just been totally dominant, to, especially to finish off a lot of those seasons. Uh, so I'm spoiled, and as a spoiled Dodger fans, I look at those two series and I go, okay, worst case scenario, we have a great chance to clinch the division when we're facing the teams that will either be chasing or trying to keep down. Exactly. And if you compare our strength of schedule over the rest of the season to, let's say, our main competitors in the NL West right now, the Diamondbacks, we have a lot easier of a time than they do. What is the strength of schedule for the Diamondbacks? Um, So the opponent's strength for the Diamondbacks for the rest of the season is 542. So that means that the opponents, their win-loss records on average are, are just above 500 or something? Yeah, that's what that means. And for the Dodgers, 492. 
That's pretty nice. 492 yeah. sounds great. <laughs> exactly. And we actually have the easiest schedule out of any team in the NL West. That's wonderful. I love that. Yeah. There, everyone else's schedule is above 500 for the strength. That's exciting. That's wonderful. Yeah. Although I have to say it, it might be because the Dodgers have such a great record and we're facing the Padres. But anyways... That's true. I mean, facing the Padres. They're, I always they're, what, love 21, facing the Padres. They're like 21 games behind right so, now. Uh, for those of you listening, I usually text Josie in the mornings and I say, who are the Dodgers playing today? Who's their next series against? Because she's the one who keeps up with all of the details of the Dodgers in general. But, you know, of course, the schedules. So anytime she says the Padres, I just start to celebrate because I know we have a good shot at winning the next three or four games, however many they're playing. Yeah, I mean, last time the Padres, we were against the Padres, we swept them. And then we turned around and swept the Rangers right after. The Dodgers are just so good. I mean, all I'm saying is the Dodgers might be the best team in history, in the history of baseball. That's all I'm saying. It's not I much. mean, they could be. Let's just not look at the American League for <laughs> the moment. <laughs> they're top-heavy, okay? Which means that they're weaker. Okay, whatever. The Yankees have to face the Orioles all the time. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a fair point. So the Dodgers are facing the Mets tomorrow, and they are facing Jacob deGrom, who has a really good argument for the Cy Young this season. He's been doing phenomenally. Phenomenally. Uh, There was a a stats uh, side-by-side comparison between deGrom and Kershaw, and it was during Kershaw's uh, Cy Young and MVP season in 2013. And... DeGrom actually had better numbers for strikeouts, for ERA, for win-loss record, and in walks and hits per inning pitch, Mm -hmm. which has historically been one of Kershaw's greatest uh, stats. So Jacob DeGrom is having a really dominant season. For sure. I mean, his ERA so far this season is 1.68, which is... Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm not looking forward to facing him tomorrow, but hopefully and, we can crack And we're him. putting Wood up against him, who has not been exceptionally strong this season He's so far. He's got an ERA of what, just over three? 3.42. 3.42. That's not horrible. Yeah, it's not horrible. I mean, I would bet on him. I think I would be more likely <laughs> to bet on the Dodgers winning on Tuesday who against the Mets. Um, Vargas. Did you just let my pun get slipped by? You didn't care if I said I would bet on it? You, you know I got it. I just oh my God. disagreed. Right, so, okay, so <laughs> who are we facing? Who's this Vargas guy? Um, I don't know too much about him, but I know his ERA is over 6.5. He's... I'll probably pick a Dodger for my whatever. streak on Tuesday. And we have Hill up against him, and Hill has been so great ever since he was resurrected as Dick Mountain. D-Mountain. Everyone knows it stands for This is family-friendly television, Josie. It's short for Richard. Okay, yes, yes. Okay, go Richard. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't have to take it there. I didn't, no, I didn't. (laughs) But, uh, so, we have a a good strength of schedule to finish off the year. Um, But we also have a couple acquisitions that we've taken on. Um, Not just with the expanded roster, we'll talk about that in a moment, but we also have picked up a good third baseman, and, and first baseman. He's not only a third baseman with us now. <laughs> All right, Mrs. Turner. Hey, man, I was going to say, anyone who threatens Turner, no. I, I'm going to stand up against that. I know exactly where you stand. But Don't step on my man's territory. We've also got... Uh, Madsen, who's a, a solid reliever and has been for many years. Never, I don't think he's ever really been a, a good closer, has he? But I mean, he's been a solid reliever. Yeah, and this year he's been struggling a little bit more. I mean... Madsen's ERA on the season so far is 5.28, whereas for his career, is it's it? a little over 3.4. Yeah. Gosh, dang it. I mean, there's a reason the Nationals were getting rid of him. Yeah, of course there's a reason. Okay, but 
I do like the Dodgers bullpen because recently um, we've been able to take on a lot of the more struggly guys from other teams and resurrect their careers. For sure. For sure. I mean, to name a few, we've got Brandon Morrow. Don't talk to me about Brandon Morrow. This is is our 20th episode. I think we've talked about Brandon Morrow in every single episode. And every single one I ask you to stop because it just hurts so much. We miss that man. We do. He he was a wonderful man. We do. um, We do. We are able to resurrect them for for one reason or another. Let's talk about a happier one. How about Stripling? Stripling. Love Stripling. Love Stripling. I mean, he's on the DL right now. Did we resurrect his career? I like to think so. I didn't know that. I mean, even just over the last couple of years, he's just been a reliever, and now he's a starting pitcher. Now, uh, forgive me. I don't really remember where all these guys all came from all the time. Stripling, he's the one who came from the Braves, right? Brandon Stripling? Ross Stripling. What did I say? You said Brandon Stripling. You're thinking of Brandon Morrow, Jade. I'm sorry. I've got Morrow on the mind always today and tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Josie? Yeah? Are you looking it up? I am looking it up. I'm looking it up, too. He's just been with the Dodgers. He's only ever been with the Dodgers? Yeah, well, he... Yes, but he is a great player. Um, I don't know. He's been with the Dodgers since 2016. Thank you, Josie. And in that time, his ERA has gone down by from by one. That's Basically, great. since he started with us. That's wonderful. I love it. Yeah, but, he's uh, great. We picked up... Madsen, uh, maybe our our pitching uh, coaches saw something. Our bullpen coaches saw something in him and said, we can tweak his mechanics just a little bit, just an inch, and he could be a great reliever. For sure. I mean, looking at last year, his ERA was 1.83 and over the two different teams that he was with. Madsen? Yeah, Madsen. He's, I love that. Yeah. Because he was with Oakland last year before he was traded to Washington, and he did phenomenally with both teams. It's just he's been struggling a little bit this year, so I'm sure that the Dodgers can bring him back. That would be lovely if we could bring him back from the dead, kind of like those other teams have been bringing back. Um, what's the guy that we got rid of who we were celebrating? Logan Forsythe. Logan Forsythe. How he went from having, like, a 207 batting average with us to batting, like, what, over 400 in August with the Twins? Yeah. Or something like that? Yeah. But, I mean, maybe we can do something similar with Madsen. Mm-hmm. Um, but David Fries, I mean, historically has been one of my favorites. At least top 20. I mean, he made Game 6 of the 2011 World Series. Game 6. That was, that was legendary. Completely mm-hmm. legendary. Uh, the opponents were the uh, Rangers. They were down 2-3. to three. Uh, It was, uh, as I recall, one of the most exciting World Series that I've seen... Uh, and that's including the Dodgers versus Astros last season. How so, it, it felt like a boxing match between two great fighters just hitting each other back and forth. The scores kept rising up above each other. Yeah, and it was ridiculous. I mean, wasn't it at two different points in that one game of the 2011 World Series where David Freeze brought them back where they were one strikeout away from losing the game and brought them back to win? David Freeze was down on both of those with strikes, two strikes? I think so. Is that right? I don't know. I think, well, the point is he hit uh, a great hit in the bottom of the ninth to save the Cardinals from losing the World Series to the Rangers, got them into extra innings, and then hit a a home run later in extra innings um, to seal the deal. That's my recollection of it. 
Um, David Freeze, great player. He did make an error in that game, though. He did. He totally froze. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, that game was just so racked with errors that who should even keep count of who did which one? Because it I'm was just ridiculous. Count, yeah. Can you name another player who made an error in that game? Um, no, but <laughs> there were yeah, others. Yeah, you're keeping right. count. <laughs> anyway, so he's been really great this season in particular. Well, if he gets an error for the Dodgers, then I'm going to be screaming trade. He's an old man now, isn't he? How old is the guy? I don't know, man. He was born in 83. Oh, my God. So you can do the math there. I'm not going to do the math. That's too much work. Okay. He's like 35. You know, he was drafted by the Padres. Was he so drafted by the Padres? I think he's come a long way. I don't think he actually had his MLB debut with the Padres. He had it with the Cardinals, but he was drafted by the Padres. Well, he was on that great Cardinals team where they won a couple World Series with Albert Pujols before Pujols betrayed everybody and agreed to um, go with the Angels. You know... That Freeze actually went from the Cardinals to the Angels, too. Get out of here. Yeah. He was with the Angels in 2014 and 2015. No way. Yeah, and then he went to Pittsburgh. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Well. Well, thanks for informing me. I feel like this whole podcast is just <laughs> me learning more and more about the Dodgers and you informing me. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I think that David Freeze is re- going to be really great for our team. His average is 284 on the season, which is pretty good. That's pretty good. It's higher than most of our guys. Especially so, for an old man. Yeah, so we'll see what we can do with that. Yeah, we'll see what we can do with that. I like how he came onto our roster and we have that other bat in the lineup, but who else came back, Joe? Oh, so this, this kind of breaks my heart, mainly because... Last weekend, we were going to post that podcast we before it got corrupted. Po- we did corrupt And we were talking about when the rosters expanded, who we wanted to see. And we said Tolls, Farmer, and Verdugo. And guess who was brought up when the rosters expanded? If I could guess, it would be Tolls, uh, Farmer, and uh, Don Mattingly. Verdugo, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you hate me. That was really bad. Um, okay. Yeah, you could have at least said a current player. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. So, so yeah, Tolls, Farmer, and Verdugo are all on the team now. That's great. And you particularly, you are a huge fan of Andrew Tolls. I am a huge fan of Andrew Tolls. I've been waiting for him to be on the team all year. And I mean, he was with the team for seven games back when... That's nothing. Yeah, back when Puig had that oblique strain. Remember There's, that? Was that right after the Angels, during the Angels game when he got yeah. that injury? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, and so that was like middle of the season. Exactly. So Tolls appeared in seven games after that, and he did really well. I mean, he was hitting 261 over those seven games, which, again, is better than a lot of our guys had been doing. That's true. And even in the minors so far this year, he's been hitting 306. Good indicator of how he'll do in the majors. Yeah, and then we also have Verdugo, who's been doing so well in the minors this year that everyone has just been really screaming for them to bring him up, especially when like Kemp and Muncie were really struggling. Everyone was like, let's get these guys out and let's get Verdugo in here. Definitely. Oh, well, then Barnes is hitting like 200 right there at the Mendoza line. And he's, yeah. he's still been up almost every week, right? At least yeah. A game a week. And then you look at Verdugo, who he has played for the Dodgers for in 15 different games this season. And over those games, he was hitting 280. I would like that in our lineup sometimes. Exactly. And now... I mean, he hasn't actually been in a game yet. I guess we'll probably be using him off the bench more than anything, I'm assuming. It's still nice to have him there. Exactly. Even just his face in the dugout is nice. Exactly. And it's the same thing with Kyle Farmer. I mean, he's another guy who's been brought up for just a few games. He has 32 games with the Dodgers this season. And he did pretty well for us while he was up. Better than some guys that we've had on the team all season. Kyle Farmer, 
famously hit that walk-off hit in his first at-bat, and it was against the Giants in 2017. Can he do the same thing for us in the playoffs every single game? I don't know about every single game. But every single at-bat is what I meant. Oh, I mean, I think that Kyle Farmer is a guy that we might be able to count on in clutch situations, but I don't know if we can expect him to be Mr. Consistent. Okay. Uh, let's see, Farmer. I'm looking at his stats here. He doesn't really have great on-base plus slugging, which means that most of his hits that he's getting are probably just singles. But I'm okay with that. Small ball. Yeah, it's not like Verdugo, whereas Verdugo's is, what, 785 and Farmer's is 611? I guess not. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to have these guys on. Uh... The road to the playoffs, it looks promising. I'm really hoping we can win the division again for our record sixth straight year and uh, do well in the playoffs. Thanks for uh, joining us, everybody. Bye.